first episode of Back to the Footy. And uh, I'm here today with uh, my old mate uh, Snowball. <laughs> and uh, it's good to see you again, Jingles. Yeah, we're going with uh, we're going with Norm's diploma there because um, <laughs> you know we don't want to endanger our professional status, but we will declare our allegiances pretty early on, and they'll be genuine. I think. I think so. Yeah, we should be we should be honest. Let's be upfront about that because we've both got a Shakespearean tale of woe. Apart from last year for me, but oh, you've just got a permanent I've still got tale that. of woe. It's it's a classic tragedy. It's more a Greek tragedy than a Shakespearean tragedy. Mine. Mine's oh. more the uh, it's more the Orpheus and Eurydice uh, tale where where we <laughs> you know they they go down. She gets taken to the underworld and he goes down to grab her, and then uh, what's the deal that they make? The, the deal is that. I'm not much with the deals in the underworld. The, I'm okay with I, the Faustian Pact, which I think <laughs> they... Uh, Hades, Hades let them go, but only on the condition that they walked out one in front of the other, Orpheus in front, and he wasn't allowed to look back to check if she was still there. He had to trust, just like I've trusted my saints all these years. Mm. And if he looked back, she would be sent straight back it's to really the It's really a shame that your little mate in the 2009 Grand Final didn't look back when the ball bounced really uh, the wrong way. Oh, no, it really and, started with the, <laughs> the big hitting banter. Uh, so he could have looked back. Obviously, He ob- could have looked back and he didn't. Obviously, I'm a Saints supporter. What about you, Jingles? Um, I've been a D supporter for around about 57 years. Which just shows how bloody old I am, really. But, yeah, no, I've been through way, way more tragic times than... Well, tragic and comedic, really, because Melbourne was so bad that you could actually say that it was comedic a lot of the time. People would just... I remember going to one game, they played Brisbane at at Marvel, and there were about eight people there, and, Mm. and, and both sets of supporters, if you could call them sets, really were just laughing at the standard. It was appalling. Mm. We've had... Up till the last few years, I think the worst 50 years nearly of any sporting team in the world, I think. Yeah, yeah, you could, you could argue that. And that's where I was, you didn't let me finish my, 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 my Greek tragedy. The no, Greek tragedy is, it, they got, Orpheus got so close to getting out with his girl, just like the Saints did in 2009, 2010, 97, uh, 04, 05. <laughs> Uh, and yet, and yet, at the last minute, Brent Guerra looked over his shoulder to check if Eurydice was still there, and uh, we lost the game. And we just—that's what happens. Lost the game, lost his hair, lost all sense of bloody personal pride in terms of his uh, yeah. perhaps physique at some point as well. Yeah, he's a walking statement, really. A lot of people will quote Zach Dawson, but he's a walking statement about the Saints, I think. Guerra, Guerra, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm very lukewarm on Guerra at any time, really. And he went to went to Hawthorne and was better. Uh, so did and that's come, a really depre- where, that's a depressing thing as where well. Did he, where did he Where did he come to the Saints from? Port, Port, right? Yeah. Mm. Well, and I uh, and he was pretty good there. Yeah, well, that's what <laughs> that's what the Saints will do to a to a good player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah just, we just dampen them down for yeah. a little bit. Now, David, it's the Mate, first... Just, first. Sorry, imagine how good Rewell could have been. 
If he'd gone to Hawthorne. If he played anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so but there's there's your Robbie Flower. That's the Robbie Flower conundrum. The Robbie Flower. Yeah. I, I, I'd like to put it in some more poetic terms, but Robbie Flower, the great one of the greatest footballers ever, spent his life playing with, well, people that were, were appalling, really. Mm. Melbourne would Melbourne. You could name half the team that you really shouldn't have been getting a game at AFL level at all, and yet Robbie Flower, he was a gem every week. Mm. So, I think we've so. uh, I think we've introduced ourselves. So we'll have different names each week. Uh, today it's jingles and snowball, mm. so we'll take a maybe take a break at that at that juncture. Okay, snowball. Quarter time siren. Quarter time siren. All right, we're back. Jingles, it's snowball. Re- it, it's it's round one, twenty twenty two. It is. Uh, your first ever. Round one after winning a flag of your lifetime, is it? Yep. No, not of my lifetime. No, but I would have been, yeah, no, incoherent, just ball of plasma, basically, when they won their last one. So. And now, at times, you're just an incoherent ball of... Uh... Old plasma. <laughs> Ancient plasma now, yeah. So what do you got planned to celebrate and to you know make the most of this round one? Because I couldn't go to the, um, to the grand final... Um, I um, I'm, I wasn't going to miss out on the flag unfurling. I don't even know what happens at a flag unfurling, but I think it's probably pretty important. So I'm going to go over. Um, going to go over Wednesday morning and uh, stay over for four for three games. And um, yeah, just going to really bathe in it. I'm going to really bathe in my in my pre-game routine this Wednesday. I'm looking forward to that nearly as much as I'm looking forward to the flag unfurling when I assume a flag gets unfurled, which, to be honest, it'll have to be better than what it is in my imagination because I've seen a few flags unfurled and it's not that... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't brought the house down, to be honest. It's just some cloth becoming unstuck from its moorings, really. But, yeah, right. But the pre-game... The have, you got a pre-game? have you got a pre-game? Well... I haven't got a strong pre-game game, but what's <laughs> but what's yours? Oh, you sound like you're itching to I, to share. I love my pre-game. Um, yeah, there's something about the aesthetic of starting off in Burke Street. I go if it's especially if it's a night game or a late game. I love to go to Pellegrini's, mm-hmm. have a plate of pasta around sort of one two o'clock. Um, Hang on for a for a night game. Oh, for, for any game, oh, really, yeah. yeah. Just make it a bit earlier. Pellegrini's. Yeah. Um, not the same as it used to be for sad, obvious reasons, mm. uh, but uh, still just a fantastic thing after sort of 40 years of going there regularly. Um, come out, have a little bit of a look in the bookshop, the Hill of Content bookshop, uh, and then over the walk behind the government buildings and down, especially in autumn. It's the best time of year to walk through the gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just kids kicking a footy around. There's the odd little wedding taking place if it's a Saturday afternoon. Just you can just join a... in a little bit on the side, not too creepy. Do you when, you, when you pass the weddings, do you try and... Do you watch from afar or do you kind of try and blend in with the crowd? Probably not as far as I should, to be honest. I, I'd probably get a little closer because I like to hear some words and see a bit of sentiment. Mm. 
Mm. Um, yeah, just uh, and and a kick of kick the leaves. I love the kicking of the leaves as you walk through there. When I was a kid, used to bounce the footy along the paths yeah. down to the Hilton, which is not the Hilton anymore, but in no, my mind's always the Hilton. I don't know what it is now. Still the Hilton. Still the Hilton. Mm. Um, and then over the thing completely giving a wide berth to the kid that's trying to sell you the program for mm. about $35, no doubt, this yep. year. And yep. then down towards, you know, down towards the statues. I, I think I think the pre-game's as important as the, as the game, nearly. I, I love it. Absolutely love it. I, I, I'd just like to circle back to the, this uh, wedding stalker situation. <laughs> <laughs> So you love a wedding. Like, I, 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 I love know. a wedding. My son's just got engaged. I love a wedding. I have a memory of you. Uh, I had only just met you when I got married, and I think you might have stalked mine along. Oh, I did. At the front. Yeah. The, I, don't want, I don't want week two of the podcast. I don't want to be called the wedding stalker, to be honest. But, <laughs> yeah, I can't help myself. I'm drawn to a wedding like the love proverbial moth and the flame. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, oh, they're just... Yeah, just... Uh, Happy, happy situations. I love them. And that is, um, that's a pre-game routine that is fit for someone who doesn't barrack for St Kilda. Because the St Kilda pre-game routine is filled with fear and anxiety <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, you know, just dread of the impending doom. So my, my if I go back to the, the early 2000s, say 2000, 2001, Saints didn't win many games in those times. And I, I remember... Um, I used to live out at um, in Northcote and, and Brunswick, that sort of area. Maybe two thousand. I might have been. I might have just moved into Northcote. I reckon. I used to go down to Northcote Station by myself with my Saints flag on. Nice station. Good station. Good station. As far as stations go. Yeah, nice station. Yeah. Traditional. Would you take North Northcote over Westgarth? Oh yeah, I think so. I'm not a big fan of Westgarth because I never understood why it was there in the first right, place. Right. Well, anyway, yeah. So I'd get the get the train in to um, Colonial Stadium, as it was back then, mm-hmm. just by myself, and then I'd walk up right up behind to the top level, the cheap seats, right behind the goals, again just by myself. And there was probably there might have been two hundred people in the same area, all just by themselves, just afraid of what was about to happen. <laughs> And week after week, we just get smashed. I remember Adelaide beating us by about 100 points. But then we came up against Port, who were the other cellar dweller. And we had a big win. And oh. it, brought, it, brought the, it brought the solo crowd together. The big crowd that would have been seeing St Kilda Port in those days. A couple of hundred people. I sat up in those seats and watched St Kilda play Brisbane in a game where I think they kicked... St Kilda kicked a point after the siren or just before the siren. Troy Schwartz. It was a goal. It was a goal from outside 50. But it wasn't. I was, I was no, up in the con- cheap seats behind the goals and it, it didn't go through at all. You're, it was a mile away from going through. You're confused. Aussie Jones, just before that, Aussie Jones kicked a behind that was called a behind that was out of bounds by about three metres. I was right behind that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was well and truly out of bounds. I think it's generally accepted that that's the only good piece of luck that St Kilda's ever had. Because then Schwarter got the ball, 65 metres out. There's, there's good footage of this floating around. He, he relives it in a YouTube video. <laughs> and then he runs in and kicks his goal. I don't know, he might have only kicked one goal. But yeah, I was, out of, I was up the other end, out of my seat. By oh. that stage, that was 2004, I think. and Or five, two, no, 04, I think. And at that stage, 
all those sad single people who were going to the Port St Kilda game in the year 2000 had had joined to create the Moorabbin Wing. <laughs> not heard of them. Which was, which was led by a couple of dodgy, I suspect, wedding stalker type people <laughs> as well. They used to get the crowd up and if you didn't join their chant, they'd yell at us. <laughs> they'd be like, there were so few of yeah, you there, they they'd singled be, you out. They'd be like... Fraser, the eraser, Fraser. And if you didn't join in with this stupid chance, they'd be like, come on! <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of... Well, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, Melbourne supporters at that point were just burying their heads in their, in the, you know, mum's fruitcake that she'd packed to take along. Yeah. And some, some coffee and... Yeah. You are just hoping it was going to end fairly soon. And really quietly, usually. Yeah. There was there was no yelling or screaming for Melbourne supporters. We just quietly accepted our fate, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. There's a lot of merchandise uh, uh, before the first game as well. And I quite like looking at, when I get t- down to the MCG, quite like looking at the merchandise. And uh, I suspect I've never bought anything Um but I might this year, even though I've bought a massive amount of ridiculous grand final stuff, I'll never probably use a web. Mm. Can I give you a quiz on merchandise? Before you do, let's take a quick a quick break. All right. Welcome back. Now the quiz. I have a quiz. Just a, like... mer- a little merchandise quiz from the premiership year. So I'm going to I'm going to give you three premium well per se premium premium polyester products yeah from Melbourne's Premiership Year merchandise mm-hmm. um, and I'd like you to put them in order from least to most expensive bearing in mind that merchandise has got grossly out of control all around the world for all sorts of sporting things ridiculous it has. My favourite St Kilda scarf I found at the previously aforementioned Northcote train station. It's it's not one from the time that I was living there. It's like a it's got the VFL old school it's from the eighties. Right. Yeah. It was like, just sitting somebody in disgust had just thrown it on the platform I, I, and I, you picked it up. I found I've got a Melbourne tie I wear that's exactly the same. <laughs> I found it underneath the seats one night when I was leaving. I prefer to think of it rather than someone left it there in disgust. I prefer to think of it that the universe put it in my way. That was meant. It was meant to happen. But we'll go with go with. No, I saw the guy. Well, in my case, I saw the guy rip the tie off in disgust and actually throw it on the ground. Yeah, okay. But he's probably some wealthy stockbroker who had a plethora of Melbourne ties covered for them. Yeah, I like to wear it still as a sign of, you know, just how bad things can get. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) So. Back to the whole thing. Here, the polyester products. Is this is this quiz, we were talking about the wedding stalker situation before, is this, um, are you doing this in the podcast as a kind of undercover way of practicing small talk for weddings that you're going to crash? I'm thinking of, I had, I'm going to retire soon. I'm thinking of becoming a celebrant. I'd like to be a celebrant. I've I'm on the inside now, then. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's <laughs> just a little thing, just a little sideline. I'm thinking about. Uh, get any back to the quiz. Yeah, okay. Here's my poly. And isn't polyester a wonderful product? So all three of these products could just go up in flames. Of course, at any minute, if put close to it, any form of heater. And personally, I wouldn't buy any of 
well, I shouldn't say that, should I? But I wouldn't buy any of these products for the for that reason. That mm. There's not a natural fibre amongst any of them. And conflagration. Confl- snowball. Snowball. What's, what, what, conflagration? <laughs> conflagration. The spontaneous act of just combusting, really. Um, have you have you ever had a have you ever had a fire in your house at all? Have you ever had some conflagration of the kitchen, for example? No. No, I was a very safe child. I was safe to the point I wouldn't even turn the stove on. Almost, yeah. I've been very afraid of fire. Are you afraid of that sort of thing? I'm not afraid of it. In my early days, I, me and my sisters were a little bit. Uh, Oh, what's the word? Lackadaisical. We were a little bit. Um, we weren't really aware of the dangers. I had two fires in my house. <laughs> I had one. One was religious. Religion caused it because I went to a Catholic primary school and they got us to make an Advent wreath with the four candles, and we didn't really know what it was all about. But we loved lighting them. Me and my sisters light them, blow them out, light them, blow them out, and the key is to blow it out at the end. It is. Yeah, mm. we forgot that step at one point. <laughs> right. Yeah, the, the mantelpiece, you know, caught fire and up the up the wall. And But with that fire, we oh. hadn't discovered the fire extinguisher before then. So when my parents, when my mum came in and she got the fire extinguisher and was like, Shh, it was out, it was no problem. The second fire happened after we'd discovered that we could squirt the fire extinguisher at each other and around the oh. place. And, but it was empty when the kitchen caught fire from the... The oil that was overheated. <laughs> Bit of conflagration that time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, sorry, back mm. to the quiz. Right, the quiz. The quiz. <laughs> At least I thought you were going to tell like a spontaneous combustion type story oh. there where I find that very, very scary, the whole notion of people just going up in flames as well as other things. I'm a bit fire phobic, I think. Have you heard a story or something that's... I did when I was a child. I heard this story about this guy. My my chemistry teacher told me this story about a guy who worked in a phosphorus factory where they made matches, and he didn't do, take all the necessary precautions and leave. He left with phosphorus all over his overalls, I assume, to get catch a movie with his girlfriend, and he was running late. And then just into the movie, he just burst into flames, and the whole he, he died, and the whole yeah. Mm. Allegedly. Allegedly. Snowball. Because yeah. <laughs> stories get told by teachers sometimes, I think, and and every kid believes them. But yeah. Anyway, we could find out whether that was true or not. Um, here, So here's my three products. The okay. Jocks and Socks Combo. Jingles. Jingles, Jocks and Socks Combo. Jocks and Socks is Combo. This, is this official merchandise or just stuff Yeah, this that is you official, had, official had screen, merchandise. Screen printed and... Yeah, okay. no, I don't. I don't know about the jocks. To be honest, why why you'd buy the jocks? The socks you could show people. Jocks you could, you're not going to show people. The jocks is a more of a personal celebration that you you pull them on. You know, you might kind of the memory might be fading by mid January. As with the jocks, no doubt, given their quality. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. you pull them on and have your own little your own post premiership party. In your jocks. Just dancing by the mirror. Yeah. You'd have the... T- have you ever thought of having the tat? I guess you haven't won a premiership. No. And I've, no, I've only just won the one. I was toying with the tat on the shoulder blade of the Melbourne the Melbourne emblem, but my uh, I mentioned it to my children, one of who has the tattoos. and Really? He, he was... Um, 
It's the uncle I thought, he'd, I thought he'd go cats. with. I thought yeah. I thought it's he'd go movie. with the um. Yeah, dad. Yeah, cool. No, he was like really against it. Like you're way too old, and I just look a bit silly. Oh, man, uh, or why wouldn't you put something slightly more meaningful? I'm I'm really against the names of your children because I figure if you've got the names, if you have to have the names of your children tattooed on you, um, you know, you probably need to go and you know get a little bit of professional help with some yeah. memory issues. Really, I thought that'd be the last thing you'd probably forget. But anyway, some people enjoy it, and that's uh, the names. What a, that's a fair thing. What are other common common tattoo? Like kind of questionable tattoos. The names, the footy team. Is the footy team questionable to have I, the footy team tattoo? I actually think unless you're playing for the team, oh. the tattoo's just a little bit uh, like you get your, you find your scarf or you find your tie, but you don't the tattoo. I don't know. I don't know either. It's a little too much. Cause you've got the scarf. The scarf, yeah. The official like you've you've got a memorable scarf that you wear. I've got the scarf from. Northcote Station, Did, the, the, which we spoke about, I think, in this version of the podcast, not the one that didn't work a minute ago. <laughs> right, a bit of editing then. So back to the, uh, <laughs> back to the, um, back to the thing. So jocks and socks combo, the beanie, beanie with a, a fairly, a fairly elaborate pom uh, pom, to be honest, yeah. a bigger pom pom than I would advise outside of Mount Buller, to be honest. Pom pom. Yeah, right. A pom-pom of nuts. A triple pom. Mm, yeah. A pom-pom-pom. A pom-pom-pom cubed. Um, and some women's pyjamas. I don't know. I know you're not probably au fait with the women's pyjamas scene, but I thought I'd throw them in there. I imagine that they're premium. That's a premium quality or premium product. Sought Pro- after. Sought after product. I used to have a pair of Saints satin boxer shorts. <laughs> and I felt like... Oh, they were sought after by me when I was nine. Anyway. Oh. Can you put them in order? Most yeah. expensive. Yeah, I can. I think it's uh, women's women's uh, pajamas. They've got to be the most expensive. Right. Okay. And followed the other by, one, followed by, I think the beanie is going to be uh, beanie's going to cost more to make than the socks and jocks combo. Mm. Given the pom pom, especially the pom 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 pom. But I think that I think that there's a there's a lower markup on the on the beanies because there's more incentive by the club mm. to have the MCG filled with massive pom poms. You'd assume a lot more people Wearing would beanies. buy the beanie yeah. because you know the, they're not going to be able to wear the other two to the game, are they? Well, they could. But well, no, they could. No, I would know. They'd not expose them. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go in that case, beanie. Yep. Socks and jocks. Beanie's cheaper. Socks and jocks second, and then. Nice pair of Stephanie Alexander uh, women's premiership pajamas. Do you mean Alexander's? Because I think Stephanie Alexander's the chef, <laughs> and I'm not sure she'd really Stephanie, be. I'm not sure she'd be really putting out a big line. Is Ste- in... Stephanie Alexander the kitchen garden? Yeah, person? and and the and and restaurateur and chef of no from right. book publisher. Okay, I've I, never. I, was, I, know I can't imagine her in in the pajamas. The classic case. She's a, I'm sure she's a lovely lady. Maybe that was a, we'll okay. keep her out of the pajama scene. Overreach. Yeah, overreach. All right. So here's the. He, well, you didn't do very well, Peter Alexander. Peter Alexander. Are they? Um, yeah, they're your pajamas. Okay. It was Peter. Definitely Alexander. I was after Pete's. Sorry, Pete's <laughs> line of premiership PJs. Next thing you'll be going with the Peter Alexander 
lemon tart, which I'm particularly <laughs> fond of. Yeah, no. Um, so, coming in at the cheapest, mm. Socks and Jocks, $35. $35. For a pair of undies and Yeah, they're not socks. even cotton. Jeez. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised too. The beanie with the large pom-pom, pom, $40. for a beanie. How much, what would the percentage for the pom-pom-pom be? The markup? Oh, no, like, uh, what, you know, if you if you pay 40 bucks, so let's say it costs, what does that make, $7 to make or something? I think you're overreaching again there. I think you probably get made somewhere in a country that we probably shouldn't identify okay. for probably, you know, 83 cents. Okay. Uh, people are making a lot of money. So, but strangely enough, here's the strange part, the women's pyjamas mm. are just $30. Cheap. Cheap. Cheap as chips. Yep. <laughs> so I expect a lot of Melbourne members will be coming along in a women. Uh, or men. Maybe or, the men too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. it, 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 let's have the non-binary pyjama even. Um, <laughs> and let's wear them along to the, to the flag unfurling. I'd like to see a lot of pyjamas there at $30. Why wouldn't you? Unless, like you, you find your, your club scarf discarded at the Northcote station. Um, yeah. Why not spend thirty dollars and just wear the pajamas in in a gender neutral way? That's what I'd be. I feel I'd like be advocating. It's a warm day. It's a warm day. It'll be a warm night. Cool. Wear them. What about you? Wear? Would you? Would anyone wear the complete ensemble? Socks and jocks. Non-binary pajamas and the pom pom pom. And the, I think I think that's what I'll be attempting to do. Let's take a break on that image. The the wedding stalker jingles. A large, (laughs) old, 100 kilogram bald bloke in the socks and jocks beanie and the women's pyjamas rocking up Wednesday night. That'd be a look, wouldn't it? Mm. All right, we're back and we're going to do a quick, a quick whip around the games. Yeah, a quick whip around the games to finish off the podcast is, I think, advisory, mm. or advised, even. Completely the wrong use of the word there. It's... But um, <laughs> Look, I'm going to I'm going to kick off with my interesting game of the week, Snowball. Jingles is... Jingles... Uh, there's got to be a, a catchy thing here, right? Jing... I'm hoping for a bit of music in the future to... There'll be some music. For music for interesting game of the week. All right, yep. Mm. Yeah. Jingles, jangle banger. Yeah, for the week. Yeah, I think we'd just avoid that one again. But um, <laughs> look, a lot of people, Snowball, are going to say that the Melbourne Bulldogs premiership rematch is the game of the round. I don't think so because I think both teams. It doesn't matter really who wins. Both teams. Everyone's going to assume they'll probably be up in the top four. So mm, who 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 really cares? Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for the flag unfurling. As mm-hmm. I said, mm-hmm. I think the game of the week is St Kilda Collingwood because both sets of supporters have mediocre hopes, but back behind that, some high hopes. I think both sets of supporters are hoping to rise up the ladder, and we've got a game here between two teams where one of those sets of supporters is going to go away with the knowledge that things aren't going to be real good for this year, and the other one are going to go away with perhaps some false hopes that things are going to be a whole lot better. I think it's a really interesting game. It's a terrifying game from my perspective. For I think all of the aforementioned reasons. Yeah. Have you got um do you do you have a tip on who's going to come away the uh, most disappointed? I think I think both sets of supporters inherently when they wake up on on the Sunday morning 
they're both Saturday morning. They're both going to be disappointed. One of them will have won in a yeah, but, but, game of football. But the Collingwood supporters will be disappointed and, and take it along with their whole weekend and really actually depress their entire family. But the Saints supporters will, by about 11 o'clock, will just go, oh, well, that's us for the year and uh, we've been down this path before and we're not having a bad weekend or upsetting the kids because we've, we've seen all this before. Mm. It's, it's the comfort zone. Yeah, they're better adjusted. They're better adjusted. The comfort zone is... It's a, Look, it's the place where after often the first round of the year, sometimes the second round... Uh, in 97... You're, you're struggling with this a bit, aren't you? It's, 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 the comfort zone has eaten into your soul a bit as well. I can see that. It's just that I... You've, you've, you've leant forward... Yeah, you're not it's comfortable. The, it's the impending doom I was talking about before. Like, I know that, yeah, there's going to be disappointment. But it's uh, it's like all St Kilda supporters, we're all big fans of cricket as well because after round one or two, they're equal. You know, like we've got as much to look forward to in the, in the upcoming... You know, you're quite buoyant in the year that the Ashes are played in England and you oh. know that there's... You know, there's something around something, the corner for yeah, June, yeah. July, August. Oh, Wimbledon is a big part of my year. <laughs> <laughs> Tour of France. Tour. Yeah. yeah. Just to take away from the difficulty of being a St Kilda diehard supporter. But it's, look, it's it's fine. Anyway. Talking I'm, of disappointment, have you, yeah. got a, have you got a disappointing game of the round? There's always one game, at least, that's just disappointing. I'm looking down the list, and it's difficult to go past uh, Adelaide versus Fremantle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, is there... I know there are people who actually support those clubs, but unless you're from there, like, can we really trust? Can we really trust that that's a game that's actually going to take place? It may... It, perhaps it may not ever take place, and it may just be some a bit of old footage. I have a sinking suspicion that it might even just be the same group of footballers after this round where they play each other, but they'll just then go for the other 22 rounds where, you know, the the same group of 22 guys will play on the Saturday for Adelaide and then just turn out for Frio on the Sunday and play again. No one will notice, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Is that being too hard, do you think? No, I don't think so. I think it's being realistic. <laughs> mm. I, I think it's just the same blokes. And we don't know who they are. They're, they're the, um, you know, they're the, the John Butchers mm. and the Raiden Talises of this world. Um, who, who just, it really doesn't matter. Did you know Raiden Tallis had played over 150 games? And, and really... Raiden Tallis. Raiden Tallis, yeah. I'm not sure his parents even realised that. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Raiden no. Tallis. Raiden Tallis. Okay. Mm. Look, I, yeah. It's, uh, well, you know how horse, horse racing, there's that completely virtual horse racing that you can, mm. it's online now? Yeah. I wonder if... If it's if it's going to be a bit like that, virtual football, virtual Frio versus Adelaide. Because yeah, I'd like I... there to be a virtual crowd for West Coast Eagles rather than the actual crowd too when they play Gold Coast because I think I'd warm to them a bit more if they were a virtual crowd rather than the actual crowd because I've nothing but loathing for the West Coast Eagles crowd. That that whole one-eyed, even the car. I've been to a lot of Collingwood games and the crowd. You know, if someone gets injured in the opposition, they they will do the clapping off, and they're a knowledgeable crowd, the Collingwood crowd. They might be, you know, potentially 
you know, a bit, you know, might get a bit antsy, but they're a knowledgeable and compassionate crowd. Mm. But the West Coast Eagles crowd, they give you nothing. Uh, in, in that they're like they're aggressive towards you, or like what is it? That... Aggressive. I think they're aggressive. They're one-eyed to the point of just being a bit silly. Um, and, and I don't think they're respectful of the opposition at all. Well, what about your Port supporters? Yeah, no, I put Port supporters with Collingwood supporters. I think there's a respect for the game, a knowledgeable group of supporters. I think I don't mind the Port supporters, to I, be honest. I, I hear what you're saying, and I think you're speaking from the perspective of someone who wasn't at the 2004 prelim <laughs> or at the... 2010 grand final rematch. I think that those two groups they of supporters... They weren't games that I was desperate for a ticket for, to be honest. No, no. well, I went across on the train to 2004 from Melbourne. Jeez, mm. uh, it was a great train trip, everything. Oh, after those lonely days, you know, up with the solo supporters behind the goals, 2004 was uh, just... It was excellent. Until Guerra, the Guerra incident. Oh, the Guerra We've spoken about Guerra previously, I think, on mm. this podcast. And... Uh, and they were just mean to me after that. I think I was the only Saints supporter in the whole of Football Park. Amy Stadium. Mm. Was it Amy? After a while? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Footy, footy, footy Park. I think it was. Footy Park. Yeah. Mm. And they just It wasn't around. that an inspirational and spontaneously uh, imaginative name. Football. What about uh, Football Park. <laughs> Gee, We've that's got this sad, isn't it? That that's the best we could do. What do we call it? <laughs> Let's get the committee together. <laughs> Football Park. All right. Well, yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah, for a long time. Gold Coast. Well, what about mm. Waverley Park? It wasn't its official Waverley name. Park. It was, it was a park. park. Yeah, VFL Park. So and it was a park in Waverley. <laughs> oh dear, that was the best we could come up with. I'm going to put. I'm going to go out there and say that Marvel Stadium is one of the better naming rights situations around all the stadiums. It gives you a little G up, doesn't it? I feel good just thinking about it mm. and going to the game. I mean, I'm going to go a couple of games this year, mm. and I, I know that I will feel like I'm. I'll, I'll probably play the Avengers music as you'll, I approach the ground. You'll stand. You'll stand a little taller. Uh, you'll sit uh, sit a bit higher in the saddle just because of it. Yeah, it's like in America those basketball stadiums called you know Kraft Philadelphia Cream Cheese yeah. Stadium. Oh, yeah. it's just. You're depressed just going along to that sort of thing. Well, yeah, at the other end of the Marble, Marble Stadium uh, continuum would be my State Bank Arena. <laughs> Has anyone nicknamed it the ATM yet? Just go. <laughs> yeah. Go oh, well, money money's important, I guess, in it football. Is, is. But, uh, so to, to, sum, to, finish, to finish the podcast this week... Uh, can I give you, Snowball, one high note, one thing you're expecting from the first round of football that's going to just make your weekend. That's going to, well, it's a long weekend starting Wednesday, actually, and finishing Monday. It's a long time in football. Yeah. A day is a long time in football, but it just seems that there's lots of days that are a long time in football nowadays. I can still remember when all six games used to happen on the same day. And used to watch Drew Morfitt and the winners at six and oh, they were good days. I remember they weren't that good. No, I think there's well maybe this is nostalgia talking, but I, I used to love watching the local footy, and we're remaining anonymous, so I won't mention the club, Finley, no, the Finley, the, the cats, the Finley cats, no. And we uh, we just sit there during the ones, and you'd have the ABC radio on. They'd go around the grounds. Oh, I remember yeah. really clearly watching a game, 
and listening to probably, I don't know who it was, updating um, Jason Dunstall's progress towards his 17 goals against Richmond. 1993 oh, it'd be, or it'd so. It'd be Swan. It'd be Swan and Tom. Probably. Yeah. But yeah. it was like every time they'd cross, oh, he's kicked another. Mm. Oh, he's, he's out to get... Uh, who was he getting? Pratt. Pratt? Who kicked the most goal? Who kicked 18? Oh, for another podcast. Maybe for another... No. Oh, jeez. Mm. We let ourselves down a bit there, haven't we? It was, it was Bob Pratt. Was it Bob Pratt? No, Pratt kicked 150. So it was... Uh, mm. Will you tell me about your most exciting thing from the weekend while I go to the... Um, look... Go to the stats, man. I'm just... Look, I'm just uh, really hoping that a couple of pieces of hype don't come to fruition. I really don't want the Essendon hype to be all it's been, you know, cracked up to be. Um, and the other thing I'd really like to see, I'd like to see North play well. I've got a bit of a soft spot for North, and I'd really like to see them, just like to see them show a bit you against know, Hawthorne. Are you going to wear your... Uh... Premiership pajamas while you're watching North. Oh, I might pull them on <laughs> if it got them home. Yeah, I, I might. Fred That's Fanning is, is our 18 goal man. Of Fred course. Fanning. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So never saw him play, obviously. No. Uh, no. Uh, your highlight of the weekend? Back in the day. Sitting in your pajamas watching North. I that might... wouldn't be your highlight. No. Uh. No, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to that. Look, I reckon uh, obviously Friday night. Friday night lights for me is uh, is exciting. It's exciting in the same way that I reckon the people in Canberra who uh, were getting ready to watch that hospital be demolished a few years back were excited to <laughs> see that until it all went wrong. That's <laughs> kind of how I'm sitting. That's really exciting. I'm mm. look, you know, St Kilda specific, I'm looking forward to Josh Battle in his new role as the swing man off the, on the back line and Brad Hill off the back line. I think, that, I think the Saints are, are going to be exciting. It's going to be an exciting demolition job on themselves. I think I think you're right, and I think it. Yeah, it, St Kilda, St Kilda, Collingwood, match of the round. <laughs> we'll see you again next week. Thanks, mate. See you next week. All right. Before you go, apparently we're meant to ask you to like and subscribe to the podcast and and uh, give it a rating wherever you found it. What else, mate? No, that's it. That's it. That's it, Snowball. Just. Uh, Hopefully you uh, enjoyed it. Subscribe. Listen again next week. Good one, Jingles. Yeah, I think you can send us an email now at our brand new email address that we just set up. Back to the footy at gmail.com. Get on it. <laughs>